0: Too
1: deep. Hello and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. Very, very excited today to have the one, the only, the ever so oddly, Evie Oddly, the winner of Drag Race Season 11, is with us today. We get to hear all about what it took to get her on the show after auditioning three times, how the Denver drag scene has changed, uh, what she's been doing in quarantine now that she finally has a chance to sit down and reflect on her win. Also, You will be as excited, I think, as I was to find out what she was watching in her hotel room in between filming Drag Race while they were all sequestered and isolated. That really gave her the motivation to get out there and fuck shit up with the other queens during her season. She is so insanely nice, so sweet and looks so gorgeous this episode so i'm sure you won't be able to take your eyes off of her if you're watching if you're not watching you should go to youtube and check it out and watch we also talk about music she's got a new album coming out okay i gotta get through this intro so you guys can actually listen to this episode enjoy not too deep with evie oddly
0: okay
1: evie um you are a so striking in every possible uh, avenue of being. I have a. I'm cu- curious about how you describe your drag to someone that has never met you or never seen you.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Honestly, <laughs> I um, I try not to describe it to somebody who hasn't met me or seen me because okay. it's it's going to be really difficult. I learned I the best way to explain my drag is just go to see a show and observe uh, whatever pattern you see yeah and expect something that's kind of the opposite of that from me okay so <laughs> i feel like
1: yeah it seems like your drag is more of a an experiential kind of drag like you really have to see it to believe it in a way
0: i mean you can you can expect a few things you can expect like some bendy body parts you yeah. can expect uh probably to hear, see something uncomfortable, but (laughs) (laughs) I was
1: just watching your clips from the Vegas review uh, and that you're walking around Vegas, getting inspiration and you're just kind of um, giving your Ted talk on that. uh, The fact that you find so much comfort in making people uncomfortable and I think that's so wonderful because drag shows in and of themselves are, you know, delightful and all of this. But you really push boundaries, but in a gentle way, like you're not ruining anyone's
0: time. I mean, that's that's ultimately the thing is I don't want my my goal is to make sure that anybody who comes to see a show or is interacting with me has a good time Mm -hmm. It's just to be able to do that fully. I have to be ready to make people uncomfortable a little bit because that's, that's really where we start to like challenge like the, the way our world is built and it helps us break down our barriers and relate to one another.
1: I agree. I also think it's a really great way to kind of force people to be present, like making Mm -hmm. them uncomfortable forces people to be in that moment with you.
0: Even if they're just, like, focusing on, oh, my God, why are are they standing so close? Why is she facing the back of the elevator? Like, it's those little things that forces somebody to actually, like you said, be present and rooted in that moment.
1: Yeah. Well, how have you... I mean, you seem to thrive on live audiences, thrive on the performance of it all. How has quarantine been? Uh, Have you been getting your fix in that way?
0: I mean, luckily... um, the internet is naturally uncomfortable with anything <laughs> anyone does. <so>. Yes, <laughs> true, very true. <laughs> <laughs> no, so honestly.
1: Hmm. Well, you've also been posting music, which has been very, co- very cool, very fun. You, how do you describe your music style? You're a rapper, but it seems very playful.
0: Um. Yeah. i I mean. I guess first and foremost, I'm um, a rapper, but. I just uh, I don't I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe because I'm just having fun with the experience of making music in the first mm-hmm. place. So I'll, I'll like take any specific subject that I want to write about and then just like have fun with words. I've always liked words in a, like a really nerdy ass way. The thing is, though, I hated poetry readings, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Well, you have to make it your own in that way, which is, that must be a different side of your brain, right? Because drag is so presentational without words, you know, and now you're getting to exercise this more wordy side. Is it like a different side of your brain that you tap into when you're writing a song?
0: Strangely enough, no, because at least the way I've always Uh, like made a number made performance pieces for drag is just trying to figure out like what story I'm wanting to tell or just hearing a story that already exists within a song Mm. and and trying to piece together other songs or pop culture references to help me tell the ultimate story I want so it's actually instead of being a different part of my brain it's more like an extension of it because instead of having to like search around for a different song to tell whatever stories I want, I am put in a position where I get to like, create the mood I want, create the energy I want, and force anybody who's following me to listen to it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's great. Well, you've also directed some of your music videos. And is that something that you enjoy?
0: yeah i mean yes and now Okay, (laughs) it's a lot
1: of pressure to be a director to like really make all the moving parts come together
0: i mean the thing is uh if anyone if if you've seen me on drag race you know i'm not necessarily a natural people person although (laughs) (laughs) but i i do like ultimately having that artistic control of being able to See an image in your head and try and make that come out in real life. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just been it's even more drag. Instead of just like transforming me, I have to transform an entire idea into something that somebody's going to actually sit through. Hopefully, uh,
1: yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that you're not a people person because drag feels like it's very you know interactive in a way. Did you when you were younger? How did you, how did you find drag originally?
0: I mean, um, like Halloween. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Halloween is just a good, easy place to start, but uh, it's funny because drag taps in and always has tapped into the one part of me that still isn't necessarily a people person, but I've always liked to be an entertainer and I've liked, I, I like, that control too of like being on a stage and having like an interaction of energy between you and an audience member even if that was like just my mom and my family watching me like lip sync to destiny's child <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> well that's i mean okay i also heard that you've auditioned for drag race three times before you got yeah. on the show
0: so in those
1: three times take me through what each time what you did a little differently if anything
0: at all um i mean it there's a whole like obstacle course of things that already like naturally got better and changed within my drag in in the course of those like three years auditioning Mm -hmm. but ultimately what it really is is that i learned how to Take more control over presenting my drag. Like I was already a fierce ass drag queen. I've been yeah. doing all all the things I do now for like years, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't like sell that package, especially uh, mm. in the format of like speaking to cameras. That was some place yeah. that watching my <laughs> first audition tape back. It's very uncomfortable because I'm like, hi, I'm here, the auditioning. <laughs> And I'm from Denver, and I am America's. (laughs) And then like learning that it has to go further than there and that I wanted to make sure I needed to create a story from the beginning of my audition tape to the end that would make the producers, if nothing else, at least look back and be like, wow, I just saw something crazy. Let me look at that again. And ultimately, that's where it got to be on the third time.
1: That's very cool. I also think that it's really important that, You represent this, you know, odd and strange type of performance, but knowing that you have to like hone in on that, not lose that at all, but just like have the confidence to connect that weirdness directly to someone else. Because I'm sure people worry that if they get on the show, they have to like sugarcoat their drag or make themselves some fit in some type of box that people might expect them to do.
0: I mean, I can't, I, I can't speak too personally on that because I've never actually been in any of the girls' heads as much as I've tried. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I will say that from my perspective, and my experience, it looks like, especially now that there are more seasons of drag race and it's something that's more easily available for people that you do see a lot more people coming onto the show who are already like self-produced and they're like Mm. and this is how i'm going to act if i win and this is what's gonna happen (laughs) if it doesn't go my way and like Mm -hmm. i don't know i a part of what blew me away about the whole experience of being on drag race is the fact that I couldn't believe it was real. So I I was like I had no way to sugarcoat any of what I was feeling which sometimes was not in my favor <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I think that that's what people appreciate because you I mean everyone that's been on this show and we've had a couple queens on the podcast that we've talked to about this it seems impossible to prepare no matter who you talk to and how oh, many experiences God, no. you hear about yeah that you just have to kind of go with all of your best tools in your toolbox and then see what happens.
0: Uh, shake the dice and, and <laughs> hopefully steal the crown.
1: Yeah. How was, do you still think about the finale? Do you, or is that kind of a blur of a moment to you that you know happened, but is hard to um, remember?
0: No, I, I still like remember it vividly. It's just like everything else along this journey Like, like every now and then I will catch myself like getting lost in the sauce of like, yes, I've always been here. I've always been America's (laughs) next drag superstar. But it really like there are times where it catches me by surprise. And I'm like, I can't believe that there are children around the world who know me I can't believe there are adults around the world who like, know me for my cross-dressing. I can't believe that I was able to convince RuPaul to put me on a TV show. <laughs> I can't believe I was able to convince her to force me to win. And just rigged the <laughs> whole thing in my favor. I didn't even have to try
1: it. Amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what
1: is... What's the, pri- like the... Who stops you on the street the most? Is there a certain type of person? Or when people talk to you or come up to you or notice you, do they say a certain thing
0: um i don't want to like pinpoint the kinds of people who stop me on the street necessarily (laughs) but they're always like you know the the weirdos like the like people just people who are made to feel outcast like people in a world that doesn't make them feel comfortable in a specific Mm -hmm. place that doesn't make them feel comfortable those are just like the people who um I guess my drag really relates to I or, think that's, help, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I mean, especially because drag in general feels like, you know, a place for oddballs and then to even go one step further and be like a true oddball in an oddball society is like very cool.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, just don't say that to any of the real weirdos out in the community. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, that bland ass PG basic bitch. Oh, really? I'm so bored. I want to oh. see her shove a fish up. Her, you know, like? Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, I know the world, at least in drag, is a lot crazier than I am. But I was just—I remember being like a little twink growing up watching Drag Race and being frustrated that I specifically couldn't find any representation for like black queens who did the kind of drag I did, yeah. but like queens in general who who like to fuck the system. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, um, is that familiar to the Denver scene in general? I don't know much about the Denver scene. How do you describe it?
0: Um, I uh, well, how I would have described it on Drag Race was like sparkly bodysuit, boring, blah 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 blah. But like, <laughs> I have to say, in the like three years since I first uttered those words, like talking shit about um, my hometown. Yeah. I've seen such major growth here. Like this is the only, one of the only scenes I've I've been to in my travels around the world where there are new queer spaces opening up where there's more inclusion and representation in our drag and it seems like a bunch of alternative performers from everywhere are moving. So I feel like Denver's becoming a new alt Mecca for drag.
1: Very cool. That's very exciting and for you to be a part of that that's really cool. Um okay we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, uh, I have a bunch more questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep.
0: Yeah,
1: let's talk about the drive and drags. What are those like? Because, I mean, one thing is. It, you drag queens in general feel like the most adaptable type of humans that exist and then on top of pandemic happening the ability for everyone to adapt and figure out how to hustle and and you know get their gig going is very cool to see and so these drive-in drags have started and what's that experience been like for you
0: oh my god um a breath of fresh air really? <laughs> as much as much as I needed some, like, time away from the hubbub and some time to actually let my body heal from all the bullshit I put it through. Uh, I really missed performing a lot. And these, like, drive-in drag shows are kind of cool because it just has this, like, festival feel where people get to, like, go and have their own parties in their own car of, like... ...an appropriate number of people, a safe distance away, and... I, I get to like exchange that energy again.
1: That's very cool. Have you had to change the way that you perform on stage since it is a little bit of like physical distance between yourself and the audience?
0: Um, I mean, luckily, drive and drag is as far as drag shows go it's like a pretty big setup there's a big stage there's lots of distance and so I'm already used to performing environments like that Mm -hmm. for like big stages and big rooms and stuff Uh, however I will say that the idea of doing like smaller shows in a bar or something does sadden me because my favorite part about performing is that audience interaction so I like to like get in there
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah well okay then talk to us about vegas how was that performance i mean audiences there feel like you know it's a little bit of everyone from all over the place uh was that experience different better worse
0: um it's the worst thing i've ever done (laughs) (laughs) honestly
1: i would love to hear about that
0: (laughs) It, it was definitely difficult to get it um up and running only because something like this had never really been tackled before, mm. uh, as far as like trying to merge the worlds of drag and live theater, which already, which has been done, but to merge the worlds of like RuPaul's drag race drag, like, and tell yeah. that story and, and like still have our stories be there and authentic on stage and like have us do this whole, like, theater world stuff where we have to do rehearsals that drag queens don't do and have them do stuff that they don't have to deal with. Like, like, like wiping off our back sweat. (laughs) 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 Yeah. What was,
1: did you have to do any like real dance classes or real performance type of, of things or were you kind of like, I have everything in my wheelhouse? I mean, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, i i I feel pretty comfortable in my ability to pick up anything so Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't do anything else to prepare for vegas other than like work on some fierce costumes and focus down on all like the lines and choreo that uh jamal sims gave us anyways because he's a fierce ass choreographer so that that was my dance class was learning to do that choreography at all. (laughs) Very
1: cool. I also wonder about, you've done so many, like, sit talking head interviews. Do you find yourself, like, speaking in real life in full sentences, repeating questions, and giving full answers?
0: Uh, yeah, but, and this goes back to, like, even my time filming on Drag Race. I have a bad time keeping it concise. Like, I'm just... a, <laughs> a To circle around to the main point, like that. That could have yeah. been, like, three seconds long, but... No, I appreciate
1: it. I like all the in-between.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I also want to know who comes to mind cuz i feel like all the you, you know everyone talks to each other gives helps in different ways collaborates on different projects with each other is there a drag queen that gives the worst advice
0: i'm trying to think
1: or is there a drag queen that you just know you wouldn't go to for advice because it might be a little not good
0: um no, because I feel like I feel like everyone does have some stronghold somewhere. And after a certain amount of time, of, like being in the drag world, you have some unique perspective on something mm-hmm. that is going to be helpful.
1: That's so true. That being
0: said, I don't listen to anybody else anyways. <laughs> I, I've always been way too self self-reliant. <laughs> Good for you. Uh,
1: well, speaking of costumes that you were saying that you worked on before Vegas, like you've been able to pull very artistic looks that don't seem to like or don't have to break the bank you know like really making something out of nothing what part of your drag or that you would give advice to other drag queens do you think you should invest your money in like what part would you spend the most on
0: um makeup probably because it's just it's like costume making is cool. You can do whatever you want. You can use hot glue. You can like spit and stick stuff together. You can use already <laughs> been chewed gum, Yeah. but uh, really makeup because it is another fine art, like, like acrylics and watercolors and oil paints. When you spend yeah. your money on good materials, it like really does make a difference. So while I can still do a mug with like CoverGirl, like, you know, grab it from the CVS right before right. a show. I, my favorite like change in my eight years of doing drag has been able to invest in a little bit nicer makeup every Mm. now and then. Okay. (laughs) Okay.
1: You're still resourceful. Well, uh, to that point, what's the first thing you do? What's the first step of your makeup removal process? Because you are known to do these very complicated, beautiful looks. And so that's a lot of product that you're putting on your face. What do you, how do you even begin? to remove any
0: of it um i don't i just kind of let it sit (laughs) into my skin and then it becomes the foundation for whatever my next look is great this becomes (laughs) primer (laughs) wonderful no no i use like oil. i i have to do the whole gamut like especially because i'm always like gluing shit to my skin super gluing it so i just like coconut oil makeup remover wipes more coconut oil like moisturizer that uh, apricot scrub that everyone wants to cancel in 2020 because they don't know the struggles of growing curly beard hair and painting your face
1: huh. <laughs> well, i don't know about this but good to know
0: saint ives is canceled just so you know but okay. i still use it <laughs> okay okay learning learning learning
1: um What's uh, Have you had any sort of like makeup or product faux pas that have turned out um, bad that you'd like to warn anyone about?
0: Um, experiment lots with your skin. Just maybe mm-hmm. uh, limit your experiments to like one or two at a time. Yeah. Like there was <laughs> one time on Drag Race that we had to like get in and out of drag like three times in one day. And after having used, like, three different makeup removers on my skin, I broke out and, like, all over face rash for a week.
1: Oh, for a week?
0: A week. Cute. (laughs) Very
1: cute. Oh, that's so fun. And... Uh, after day five, I think I would have a full panic attack about this being my forever skin now.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, oh. I already did. I was like, I, I'm in a <laughs> drag competition, but I can't put any more makeup on my face. What do I do? <laughs> it, feels
1: like, it feels like a scene from a bitchy movie that you just got like bamboozled by the, the cool kids.
0: They put shit in your makeup. Oh, girl, uh, and I was already fighting with all the girls, so I was already yeah. like... You're ugly. You're smelly. Oh, you're smelly and ugly. And now you can't put makeup on your skin because oh. you're a troll. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm not self sabotaging.
1: Not here in no the way. Not at no, all. No. Not.
0: Not right now. No. No. I did amazing at Snatch Game.
1: Oh, oh yeah. Well the. Yeah uh I mean it's it's such a the thing that I would love as a viewer to see more of is honestly like when you guys go home for the day and like are you are all in a hotel I understand and or you're put up somewhere in Los Angeles do you have like access to the internet are they keeping you like away from all of that you don't yeah you
0: don't have access to the internet you you do get tv so I'd actually it was the first time in my adult life that I like really had time to watch tv and tv ended up being like my best friend there (laughs) because we weren't allowed to talk to any other hoes i couldn't see the sun so i just like watched lots of naked and afraid and just really i was like if those people if these pasty motherfuckers can be out in the middle of africa like fighting each other and lions and shit i can survive these 13 or 14 however many catty bitches i've got this girl
1: it's amazing that that was your inspiration.
0: <laughs> Legit. <laughs> and your best friend.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is a huge social experiment that they dip you guys into because I don't think that part gets recognized enough because that like the loneliness and the isolation, yeah, your mind's going to wander to all different places, good and bad for yourself.
0: Oh, you're telling me I masturbated to every single <laughs> male figure in my life. And I'm so ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pass the time. You gotta do some exercise. <laughs> um,
1: so you were saying that you travel a ton before you know all of this had happened for gigs and that sort of thing have there been a drag culture that stood out to you either in the u.s or abroad that you hadn't experienced before um or a drag scene
0: I mean, all, all of it, just getting to see a scene bigger than the little bubble of a city that I grew up in being like, this is the world, and yes, yeah. I have to be the best in Denver, and I hate that bitch, and, or whatever. <laughs> like, getting to see a grander scheme really just, like, shocked me. I don't know if I was, I still don't know if I'm ready for that. <laughs> uh, the world is a very, very big place.
1: Well, <laughs> It's crazy cuz you win drag race and then you're kind of like whisked off into this, you know, crazy lifestyle. Did it feel like when has the quarantine been the first time you've gotten to like settle down and like take a break for a second?
0: It's funny you should mention that because it just like sounds so sour to be like, "Yes, this quarantine is like the best like me time I've ever gotten." <laughs> but uh, like I was I was already like deep into touring when i found out that i won drag race like they were uh, right. I, I found out like midway through a tour i was like oh sweet i guess i'm a crown queen and they were like no 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 bitch keep moving you got shit to do <laughs> 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 so like i i mean uh, it's not to be like complaining that's the world stay booked and blessed all of that got like god bless or whatever but i as i mentioned earlier i'm not that much of a people person and so like not only adjusting to being a public figure and adjusting to being famous, but also having to like comprehend and reconcile, uh, the fact that I somehow after like 25 years of not even knowing what I wanted to be doing with my life ended up like, Winning RuPaul's drag race and like achieving my life goals beyond like what I thought was actually even attainable for me. Yeah. And I never had time to process that because it was always like a new night, a new meet and greet, a new smile, a new like throw your body Jeez. on the ground. Yeah. And this is the first time I've been able to be like, you know what? you are that bitch. You did that. (laughs) I mean, I know there's a new one now, but congrats. (laughs) You deserved it. Now work hard and make a future that you want to see.
1: That's incredible. And yeah, that must be, I mean, I give you all so much credit for the mental energy that gets put and thrown around into all the different things that you do. And the, the, like you said, lack of time to just sit with yourself and a like congratulate yourself on something uh that even like you said it feels like it shoved your purpose in your face and awarded you for it and it was like off you go don't even think about it It's like here's the rest of your life you're gonna
0: do amazing things keep doing (laughs) and here i am like trying to think about like what is it that i want to be doing like Mm. i don't know i never really got past the whole get on drag race thing and definitely never (laughs) got into the winning zone (laughs)
1: but that's i mean i think it's yeah it's forced everyone to kind of sit uh, with themselves and figure out what you want to do and you have made beautiful music you've made beautiful looks like i also think it's very cool that you don't uh you don't kind of shelter your voice or cover your voice on like political things and like real world things on your social media. Do you feel any sense of pressure to have to kind of be more conservative about speaking your opinions or do you feel like? Yeah.
0: yeah? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well, specifically right now we live in a time period. That's this crazy shift of energy mm-hmm. where I think some of the most progressive people in the country are also starting to become some of the most stifling people in the country Because Mm -hmm. there's only, there's this weird mindset of you have to fit into the new list of rules of what it means to be a progressive, forward-thinking person today. And if you're not saying the words we say and not not saying the words we don't say, if you're Mm. not going the places we go, if you don't believe all the things we do, and if you don't hate every single person who is on our death list, then you're a terrible Republican racist. (laughs) I just, I... I don't know. I, so I do feel the pressure of not using my voice nearly as much. Um, especially seeing how some of my peers operate in this world of like, yeah, I'm just going to smile. And I think racism is bad. I guess <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, just, uh, I don't, I don't care if it makes me the least popular bitch in history. People need to get over it. Cause sometimes if you award somebody a voice, it's just going to be difficult for you to shut them up. Mm. <laughs> mm. And we're in a great place for that now because like the Black Lives Matter movement, for example, is 10 years deep. We've had that hashtag for like a decade. Mm -hmm. And I will say that I've never felt like we are closer to actually changing the world and and attaining some sort of retribution for uh, all the wrongs that have been done against black people and people of color in America in general. Mm -hmm. And it's just because people were so vocal for such a long period of time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible when you think about it. And that's the thing is that the pandemic has caused all of us to sit and think about it and, uh, yeah, (laughs) get some perspective going for everyone. Mm Um, but I'm glad that you still feel your convictions and you still are doing exactly what it is that you want to do. Uh, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, I have a bunch of questions from uh, people on Instagram for you, so we'll be right back with more. Not too deep.
0: Not, 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 not too deep. With Grace Helbig.
1: Hello, listeners. Grace Helbig here. Wanting to say two things, a big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not too deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful if you can go to the iTunes store, the app store and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good? Bad? Otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Evie, before we get into these questions from Instagram, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. And the first question is, who, alive or dead, would you most want to throw cold spaghetti at?
0: Ooh, who, alive or dead, would I want to throw cold spaghetti at? Hmm. I feel like my answer is probably... Someone like Divine, because she she'd do. She looks yeah. like she'd she'd enjoy it, the fuck out of it. Uh-huh. Like, she'd go swimming. She'd make love <laughs> to the cold spaghetti. <laughs> yes. She'd yes, write she'd, a song about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. She'd throw
1: it up, eat it herself again. It'd be great. Um, okay. The other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story, or some sort of like bathroom close call that you've experienced, but you can only use three words or small phrases. So mine, for example, is college jogging front lawn.
0: Ooh.
1: Yeah, not fun.
0: Mine is um, winning. (laughs) Okay. Blackout trash can
1: (laughs) (laughs) i I feel like that's the name of a song that you're about to write that's pretty great Uh, it's
0: on the new album (laughs) perfect
1: uh okay we have some questions from instagram for you someone wants to know what is your favorite thing about your style of drag
0: um my favorite thing about my style of drag is that it doesn't Exist like Mm -hmm. people are like oh what's your perspective and I'm like I I don't know I can maybe answer that for today like my favorite color today (laughs) is blue Hmm. today alone (laughs) it's ever changing
1: I think that's fun that's really truly um letting people expect the unexpected from you also it must be fun to create that way just sourcing inspiration from everywhere
0: and just throwing things at walls until uh, (laughs) until they stick.
1: That's great. Uh, Someone says you're given $10 and you get to buy anything from a bodega. What are you getting?
0: Oh, $10. Okay, well, right now I'm really on this coconut water kick because I like the fact that it tastes like it's already been drank by somebody and then spit back up in (laughs) your mouth. So I'd probably get some coconut water, which I feel like in a bodega would like split away half of my money. Oh, yeah. and then, so i'd probably have to use the other half to um i don't know like convince the clerk to let me buy a pack of cigarettes i'll, I'll give him a blow job <laughs> for the other half of what that would cost
1: there you go a full show
0: <laughs> yeah exactly uh,
1: someone's asking were the fights on drag race legit or were they scripted
0: which ones
1: (laughs) I mean I feel like everything has to be very real because you guys are just like pent up with each other and no resources or outlets to anyone else that gives you comfort people would
0: like they'd like to believe that it's scripted and I will say that the producers do nudge they're like somebody asked the other girl why her makeup looks so bad today But nobody Uh, forces any specific person to do anything. So I just just chose to be divisive
1: <laughs> well, you're also coming off of watching all that naked and afraid and then coming in just yeah like, they're warriors I- they're
0: all like oh I can't stand you I just chopped down a whole tree and I'm running in like I can't stand you I just laid a whole runway
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now knowing that you were watching so much naked and afraid in between shooting the episodes I want to go back and rewatch the season and just spot honestly Boy. it
0: gives you some perspective Yes. into exactly where my journey was at.
1: <laughs> 100%, yes. Um, you've kind of answered this, but so many people are asking what inspires you the most? What's your main source of inspiration for your drag? But it seems like, yeah, it's your own experience in the world.
0: Me, my brain, whatever pops into my head. Like, the things around me, colors, foods, feelings, moods, all of it. Like, inspiration is just this pool that we all grab from and recycle back into. If you think somebody is creative and original, they're a fucking liar.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Is Is there a celebrity or a famous person that you'd most like to do drag makeup on?
0: Hmm um uh, i would probably choose like wesley snipes only because hmm. he him in Two wong fu uh was absolutely everything for me like i never knew i would like that i never wow. knew i needed it he was absolutely amazing in that but his makeup was so unfortunate because they didn't <laughs> know how to do like beard correcting back then and ah. i, I want to give him the gift of a full, beautiful drag face. Oh, a second <laughs>
1: chance. Yeah, I love that. Uh, someone says, is there a color or a pattern that you will never wear or is everything fair game?
0: Everything is fair game. I, I, I like doing things specifically because I've never done them.
1: Mm, very cool. Uh, someone's asking, any more music on the way?
0: I got a full album dropping October 23rd.
1: Ah, how does that feel now to be before the album comes out? Is all the music recorded and done?
0: hmm I uh, was just listening to it this morning, shaking my ass, getting really oh, nervous, crying that- into a mirror. Ooh.
1: <laughs> is, there, is there a way to describe it without, not, without giving too much away for people to get excited about
0: it? Um... I, I guess, yeah, the same way I would. I would describe my drag; it's all over the place. Cool. It's indescribable. Oh, that's fun! <laughs> that's, it's
1: something for all moods. That's great.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, a lot of people are asking, would you go back for an all-winter season? And if so, who would you consider a threat?
0: Oh, I, I mean, I would. I would do it. I I like competing. I I like the idea of going back to that competition now that I know what it feels like to be Mm -hmm. in a competition of that caliber. Right. Um I don't think I do very well. So (laughs) (laughs) not with (laughs) that attitude. No, it's not even that. It's just that like I'm not blind. I'm aware of like the places (laughs) where I would need to like grow Mm. and show out to make people really happy. And I don't want to buy sparkly dresses so people can suck a bag of dicks and (laughs) I'm never going to be good at the snatch game because I don't want to be.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why I feel like you and Adore were very like in line with each other. Kind of like the same mentality of not wanting to conform in that kind of regard. I mean,
0: but I I feel like there are ways even then that like you can make it work. That's what Mm -hmm. I tried to prove in my whole season. I just know that at an all-stars caliber especially with the way that the last few seasons have also been this like weird congeniality, like both the bitch off the Island game. Oh, there's no way I would last.
1: (laughs) 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 Uh, You're self-aware and that's what's so charming. (laughs) Uh, Someone wants to know what other creative projects or areas have you wanted to pursue, but haven't had the opportunity to yet? If there are any, would you ever make your own uh, makeup? Do you make your own makeup? Uh, you know,
0: I mix I mix random permanent markers with <laughs> random creams and powders sometimes, but no. I mean, I I, I don't know. I thought about it. I just don't really see what the point is. Like, unless I was like, God bless all of the people who are out here, like creating new palettes with a new way to say the color green and like a whole new shade of nudes for your eyes. But I'd rather just use other people's. Like if somebody wants to walk up someday and be like, Hey, would you like your name on some makeup? I'll take, I'll take him for it. But
1: (laughs) are there any other kind of creative projects like, um, in, the theater realm or more in the music realm would you ever make like a musical
0: that's okay so that's the thing is i've i was a theater kid long before i was a drag queen and i would love like my first initial gay dream was to move to broadway or move to new york and perform on broadway wow but right now just being a live performer is not the tea
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Uh, i think that's good um Okay, someone's asking, what would you name a hypothetical child?
0: Um, I've had these names like picked out since I was little. I've had Ira, Ooh. uh, August, and Leo. Cause I'm just like super narcissistic. Leo, <laughs> August, me. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all about me. <laughs> me, me, me. me. <laughs> you know what? I'm naming my kid me. I love that. <laughs> um uh,
1: so many people are asking. How are you doing physically? Um, and like, what are your uh, tips or tricks for self-care?
0: Well, those people can mind their damn business. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm doing... I'm, I don't know. I don't... I'm it feels fine. like... You have, yeah,
1: you seem like on the show, too, to have a handle on like your body, obviously, and you take care of it when you need to take care of it. But also like amazing on you that you really put your body out there every time like you give full performances
0: I mean it, it's definitely super taxing and I know it's technically speaking not what I should be doing with my body if I want to live to an old age and like have nice happy like whatever but I've never seen my life going that way I've never like <laughs> seen that being some opportunity for me so I have just been kind of like endlessly throwing my body on the ground. So <laughs> it was it was happens. like it was like pretty messed up after this like last year of literal nonstop touring. But yeah now that we've had like a good half a year of unemployment and me only occasionally popping out to do some cardio, like <laughs> I I can really A feel the damage, B feel my age, but C mm-hmm. feel good in the fact that I don't feel as compelled to do the most every single time because of it.
1: That's good. You're learning your boundaries.
0: Ish, <laughs> ish. We'll see what happens. Ish.
1: Um, okay, last question for you. What's your favorite trash food? Are you a food person? Are you a foodie? Are you you are. Okay. So what's your what's your I guess guilty pleasure food or like highfalutin food?
0: I mean, I eat like garbage in general, but but, like my super guilty pleasure is popcorn. I just like, Ah. And sit there and eat it forever. I want it super buttery. I want it stuck in all of my teeth. I want <laughs> to like cut up my mouth and just live in me. Yeah. So popcorn. Cute.
1: <laughs> Very cute. Uh, well, Evie, before we wrap up completely, usually when you know pre in the in the olden days when we could all do this in person, uh, <laughs> we would give a gift to our guest, Um, But we're we're gonna do it digitally or virtually. Now we have a personalized fortune cookie that I believe. Melissa may have emailed to you if you're able to check that and read us your fortune.
0: It says, you can do what Drake can do, but Drake can't do what you can do. And that's what makes the difference. And don't you ever forget.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Evie, this has been so lovely. Thank you for making time and talking with us. Where can everyone find everything that you're up to? Where can they get the new album when it comes out or follow you on social media if they don't already know?
0: Okay, so if you're looking for me on social e- or your media, don't look for any Evie pages because they're all lies. My, mm. my handle is always going to be oddly Evie, So that's O-double-D-L-double-Y-V-I-E. Ooh. Yeah. Very fun. And then you can check me out on YouTube, which is the only place where I'm Evie oddly. Uh, That's where I'll be posting all of my music videos. Like get ready for drag trap October 23rd. It's going to be out wherever people um, sell music, whatever street corners you pirate shit from. Love it. Yeah. Otherwise I'll be, I'll be in your city someday. (laughs)
1: someday <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed and uh, if someone comes up to you and wants to put your name on a lipstick maybe that'll happen too who knows i'm,
0: I'm ready <laughs> you ready
1: <laughs> evie thank you so much you guys go get the music go follow all the looks and um get, get expect the unexpected we'll see you guys next time on another episode of not too deep goodbye
0: too deep too deep too deep not, not too deep, deep. It was Grace Helbig.
1: Not too deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunis. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music.